the person who stole my young daughter's purple scooter. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you, I have a lot of money. You're not getting any of it. But what I do also have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a lo very long career of podcasting and government communications. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter's scooter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will ask you to give it back. Welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I am Crofted Sears. With me, as always, Ryan Murphy. Ryan, how are you? Doing well. Oh my. Uh, it seems we skip one week and just the world goes to hell. I can't believe someone stole you. Like a scooter we're talking about, like a like one of those things. It's like a platform with two wheels and like a little... Dude, it's purple. It's got streamers and a bell. It's for children. I'm like, who takes that? Another um, child, maybe, I guess. Uh, like, I mean, well, see, here's the other thing, right? Do you lock Is up a scooter? No, no, okay. So the, the, the story here, okay, the, the, larger story. the larger story... Is that today, uh, this day that we are recording, mm -hmm. the year of our Lord 2019, I, uh, my bike was stolen. So my, my transportation to work was stolen outside of my office. It was locked up. It was stolen. Last week, uh, my daughter's scooter was stolen. And it was stolen and it was unlocked in front of her day camp school because I thought to myself, what type of asshole would ever think to steal a young girl's scooter in front of her school in a residential area? And it was in inside of a fence. They had to go into the school yard, you know, Ooh. to get it. So as, as annoyed as I am about my bike, and don't get me wrong, I am really annoyed about my bike. I am more annoyed about Gwen's scooter because it means that I have to have these awkward conversations as a parent mm -hmm. where like I kind of have to touch on theft for the first time, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so like I, I kind of, I, I pussyfoot around it a little bit where I'm just like, well, you know, somebody probably took it by mistake. Um, and, and they're going to bring it back on Monday. It was a Friday when it went missing. Mm -hmm. They're going to, we'll, we'll look and you'll see that they'll bring it back on Monday, uh, on Monday. And if it's not back on Monday, we'll just drive around and look. Cause maybe some big kid took it and thought he would play with it a bit and then left it on a side street or whatever. So all going around the obvious. And honestly, those are likely scenarios. Those yeah. are like, again, what sort of animal steals a purple scooter? Um, uh, and it's like again a four-year-old scooter. We're not talking like it's not even like a teenager could use it, right? Like right. a teenager, it's a, it's a little kid scooter, like a like a, not a little kid, but like a little little kid. Yeah, hmm. it's got like three, like two wheels on the front. Like not, it's not like a two-wheel scooter. It's like a three-wheel scooter. It's really like it's for children. And so um, yeah. that said, it costs like two hundred bucks. It was a nice scooter. Like, oh, of course, like, every every like anything. Here's the thing. When you buy something for your kids, especially if it's like a larger uh, device, uh, it, it's either expensive or it's got it's branded and it's more expensive. Unless you're buying it used, you're spending a hundred plus dollars on anything like that. So yeah, no, it makes sense. It's two hundred bucks is probably the average price. Now you said they would have had to go into the schoolyard to get it. Like that in on itself is is a violation of many rules if not a law like that that'd be not only trespassing but like if you're not permitted on the school grounds like i'm pretty sure that's punishable by not by death, death. <laughs> um usually yeah. when someone leads with punishable by it's going to like the guillotine but uh yeah no. yeah you know i look the i think that in all likelihood it was taken by another student at the school the school goes from kindergarten to grade eight which oh. is a huge swath like junior high is in there as well um it, i i mean like or it could be a brother or a sister or somebody who picked up 
their their brother or their younger brother from the schoolyard, you know, like could be a douchebag parent who is like, oh man, my kid did like this. Mm. Hey, it's not locked. I'll just take it. You know, like it could, there's, there, I, I think it's doubtful that it's someone that had no connection to the school, but it was just, it was, it was really brutal. And then to make uh, matters worse again, um, my my bike was stolen today, so I came home, and I was, <laughs> I I'd had a bad day, obviously. Yeah, obviously. and uh, I I come home, and my my and Gwen is like, "What's going on?" And I'm like, "Somebody stole my fucking scooter, Gwen." No, <laughs> I, I I said uh, I said my daddy's bike went missing, like your scooter went missing, um, and she's like, "Oh, that's." too bad daddy are you sad and i'm like oh daddy you sad and, and then and, and then she's like well you know what i do when i'm sad she, i was sad and then i started thinking about playing games and you should think about playing games with me and then you'll be happy and then maybe somebody will give you a new scooter and i was like oh thanks gwen that's nice also it's a bike i need a new bike and she's like i guess i was talking about me um <laughs> did but, you get but, so in this instance not to not to interrupt but like when when someone breaks a toy when a kid breaks a toy on purpose you you try to make it a, like you don't torture them and be like well i'm not buying you another one or what or never again or whatever but when when someone steals your kid's scooter like obviously the the first thought is like well we gotta go buy her another one because it's not her fault right if anything, she is kind of like, like earned up on this because she's getting like a fancy. Because we know now how much that last scooter we bought, not with the knowledge of how much use she would get out of it, right? This time we know that it's a huge part of her summer. She loves it so much, so we don't mind putting weight mad bank into a new scooter, which is what in fact that we did. Like we bought her. We I'm like, what's the the best scooter that I can get her? So she's getting like nice. a scooter that has light up wheels. Like I'm talking. Wow. Yeah, I know. So like she's making out pretty good. My car doesn't the, even have light up wheels. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. I know. I know. It kind of is. It kind of seems like that should be a thing. But anyway, bless we d drive our cars at night. We, she's not going to be driving her scooter at night. Uh, although she'll want to with those sweet light-up wheels. Mm -hmm. uh, she, yeah, so she's going to, and, and like we're, I think it's already been delivered to the post office and we, we just need to pick it up. Like we went fast because she uses it a lot. Like she uses it to to get to her day camp and, and get back and, and her little legs don't walk very fast. So it's a pain in the ass. But um but but now she's gonna have her she's gonna have a, a scooter and hopefully it'll it'll be a, a a good fit so she'll be happy she's fine or whatever I have to now like be like okay am I gonna you know I have a, an old beat up bike I'll probably take tomorrow but then it's like I've got to go bike shopping and because uh, this is it there's cameras where my bike was stolen and uh, and the guys are like call the police the the commissioners like the people at the desk they're like hey uh, yeah call the police and uh and talk to the business manager here like the property manager and you'll be able to see the cameras and then you could share it with the police and i'm like <laughs> i started laughing i was like okay like seriously do bikes get stolen here often and like what are the chances you're going to find my bike or that the police are going to find my bike because like even if we pull up video footage if a dude stealing my bike, looking at the camera, flipping the bird at the camera, and then riding away on my bike, what is that video footage going to get me? Is the police going to be like, aha, let's put out an APB on this dude riding this bike that we see in this video footage, and we'll get this guy's bike back? That is not going to happen. They're not going to find my bike. Um, so, not. like. So, like, then I have to jump through all these hoops. I'm going to anyways because I'm super vindictive. I want to see this sucker go down. Who knows? Maybe it's the same person who stole, stole Gwen's scooter. You know? Probably, probably not. Probably not. But it is interesting. I find that uh, not, you know, I respect our uh, police officers. But there is so much, uh, like, garbage going on in any city or any town that I find any, like knock on wood anything that usually happens to me or or in this instance to you with a with a bike being stolen or a scooter being stolen there is stuff happening that just ranks above that and it it can feel really defeating when you take that to the police and say like 
I personally have been wronged. What are you going to do about it? And like, it's it's their job to protect and serve and make sure they uh, they catch people doing that are doing bad things. But at the end of the day, sometimes it's like we don't have resources to find your stolen bike or your stolen scooter or in whoever vandalized your van um, or whoever stole tens of thousands of dollars. Like that's the thing. Like they don't have that kind of time unless like they can literally find like the reason for it happening and can point specifically that person and then charge them and then and, and then arrest them like that bike that they stole they could have sold it they could have pawned it by now like the the amount of time it takes you to get that footage and to go through the police station and provide that footage like the bikes exchanged two or three hands right like who steals bikes and then just I, and then uses I know it <laughs> And and the stolen bike market in the Ottawa Gatineau area is like pretty big. So like I mean I I I don't I don't expect to see my bike anymore. I've already sort of come to terms with the fact that it's gone. And I and I honestly blame myself. Like I saw that the lock had been tampered with mm-hmm. um, a couple of days ago, and I didn't change my behavior and stuff like that. So I mean, it's kind of annoying. So it, it's like it, I'm annoyed with me because I could have. A, I could have avoided this likely if I had just been a little smarter. That said, Ryan, tell me something positive that's happening in your life that is going to do- make me not think about my crippling rage. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk. Let's go into the dungeons because I I almost forgot I did this because it was so long ago. The I went and saw Spider Man Far From Home solo viewing because I just good did, on you, buddy. Didn't want to wait. I didn't want to be spoiled. So I said to Ashley, like, Spider-Man comes out this week. I know there are going to be grand ramifications in the MCU because of this film, as there always is. And I said, I, I kind of want to go see it alone. Just, I actually would have loved to come with me, but it just didn't work out. Like, we had, we had, like, three weekends that were busy back-to-back. This Friday was the only Friday I could see it. And I'm like, if I don't go see it now, I'm probably not going to... See it. And that's what I did with Avengers Endgame. And mm-hmm. I ended up seeing Avengers Endgame a second time a week later with my wife. So, like, but I, I definitely feel that it's like if you really want to see it, especially when you know you want to see it more than the other person, just do it. I do have a question, though, mm-hmm. which is um, my like, and it's a trend almost that I've noticed. Like, uh, I know a bunch of couples that are really into that, that, that um, Often the husband, and maybe it's because I hang out with more husbands, uh, are into the MCU films. And um, often their significant other is somewhat into them, but more into certain ones or cares more about certain ones. For some reason, everybody I talk to, including my own wife, seem to really, really like Spider-Man Homecoming. Like that was like like – like if I told Jesse – that um you know there's a new marvel movie at this point she's kind of od'd on marvel movies and she'd be like oh another superhero movie and i'm like yeah but it it's a sequel to that spider-man one and then she's like oh oh yeah i would i would see that and she's she's keen it feels like at least um that there's an there's an interest more in this movie that people are suffering MCU fatigue, and that there's a particular interest in Tom Holland Spider Man movies and the the teen angle and all that. Did 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 Ashley have an interest? Did she had she seen Homecoming? Was she interested in seeing this because of that? Like she she saw Homecoming with me. Uh, I remember seeing it in theaters, and we both went. And I, I think, you know, she likes the MCU movies, but she's not as into the more, the ones that require more investment or even, you know, the darker more, or even the sillier ones. Like it takes a very specific one. And I think Spider-Man is, is it for her. Um, and I think it really comes down to the fact that you're dealing with, you know, a, a grounded story, teenager, you know, dealing with life, dealing with family, dealing with friends, but also he's a superhero and there's some struggles there. And I think Homecoming had that like, you know, father slash mentor relationship between Tony Stark and um, Spider-Man. So it's, uh, I think that really, really connects with a lot of people um, and kind of brings the film above sort of that, uh, oh, it's just... It's just space people shooting space things at other space people, and that's that's the MCU movies. But you know, I it was just one of those moments where Ashley was just like, "Well, you know, you want to see it? Um, 
that's fine. Uh, go see it, and I'll I'll go see the next one because there's always going to be a next one, and I'll probably it, rent it and we'll watch it when it comes out. Right? It is funny you mentioned that though, like because um, so the MCU slate up to this point of the year has been actually pretty full like it would have been full if just endgame came out that was a big movie but but it also had captain marvel and it also has now had spider-man homecoming um and i recognize that they're billing spider-man homecoming is like the coda the epilogue the uh the end piece of like Mm -hmm. this this sequence of avengers movie in fact i was like i think i told you be it on or on the air or off the air on another show i i was kind of sated with superhero movies to a certain extent i feel like i only go see movies to see superhero movies and as much as i'm a huge geek for them i was ready to take a break if my all-time favorite superhero spider-man wasn't going to be next up right mm-hmm. and, and so now i obviously i, I really want to see um far from home it, it but once i see it i i i like I, I've heard. I don't know anything about the spoilers. I've heard that the end game, tra- uh, the end game, the end credit tra- trailers and teasers that are that are normal for the MCU are particularly notable this time, and that that I should stay to see them and all that sort of stuff. And maybe, maybe after I see them and I'm aware of, of what they are and what what's next, maybe I will get excited again and I'll be like, oh, I'm really looking forward to the next thing. But my understanding or feeling is that they haven't really outlined what's coming next like what mm. i don't even know i don't even know what mcu movies are coming out in 2020 no, uh, nothing's been confirmed uh but but you know there's a lot of like i think black uh black widow is on the roster um there was just an announcement today about thor 4 having take uh take a coming back um, to write and direct, and there's uh, Shang Shang Ri. Shang, I don't I don't know. The, the, a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of uh, the Eternals. Yeah, Mas- Master of Kung Fu and um, mm-hmm. what's it? Uh, Shang. Uh, sh- oh God. I can't yeah, no, say no, Shang Ri, but I don't think that's it. But okay, yeah, and no, see, and I can say with confidence to all of those movies, mm-hmm. except with the exception of Thor four. Uh, which I imagine if they're only announcing a director now, a writer-director, that it's, it's still very nascent, yes. early stages of development. I could say with fair, fair certainty that I have zero interest in that point in any of those movies. Like, I, I'm not saying that they won't be interesting. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that Mar- Marvel won't sell them to me. I'm just saying that right now I don't have much interest. And, and the fact is, aside from maybe Black Widow that may be in development, I'm not sure. Like, to get from absolutely no news or rumors to full release in 2020, um, that sounds like we're, we're on a bit of a tight timeline. Well, Black Widow is filming right now. Um, there was actually stories. Uh, well, it's, it is. It's it's publicly filming right now. The thing is, uh, San Diego Comic Con is this weekend. Marvel has returned, and they're going to have a panel in Hall H. Uh, the Russo brothers have been teasing some things, although they've stated that they're done with the MCU. So I, I wouldn't necessarily like think it's relate like absolutely related. But I would think by the next time we record, we will have some idea of the 2020 slate for Marvel movies. Uh, but normally, what Disney and Marvel will do is they'll announce the whole phase. Like here are the movies coming out for Phase Four, with uh, right down to the release date and logos. That's what they did for Phase Three. That was where they kind of un- they unveiled like the two-parter Infinity Wars, the Civil War, that sort of thing. So we'll get all of that, if not at San Diego Comic Con, definitely at uh, D23, which is Disney's conference, and we'll know what the future is. I-, I think I kind of agree with you though. Like when it comes to Spider-Man: Far From Home, that was the one where I'm like, you know what, one more, and I will go see this. You know, week one. But as after that, even with the end credit scenes, I'm kind of like, I'm still like, okay, I, I'm comfortable waiting. Like the wait for Endgame was just like for a year. It was just like, what are they going to do? What is it going to be? What's the ending? How are they going to wrap this up? And I'm kind of, I need a break from that feeling, you know? Um, 
so, so yeah. you've already you've already answered one question I had, mm-hmm. which is, having seen Spider Man Far From Home, do you have a better sense of what the next films are? Um, the so the, the feeling is I'm getting from what you just said is no, no. You, like me, you're going to wait for the uh, the big announceables. And yeah. and the second question, and and sort of the bigger question is, did you enjoy Spider Man Far From Home? <laughs> I guess, yeah, I should have loved with that. I really liked it. I loved it. Honestly, it was uh, it was a nice chaser for uh, for Endgame. Uh, it dealt with the ramifications of Endgame. Uh, even addressed some of the sillier things of like how uh, people came back after what they're calling the blip. Um, they talked to you know Peter's entire class, effectively being the same age as they were in Homecoming. Therefore. You know, logically, you can make the jump that they they got snapped away. We know Peter Parker did. And the story uh, that they tell with, you know, Mysterio and Spider-Man and Nick Fury, it's all really, really good. It's really good. And I I, kind of I kind of worry, like, I hope this does well enough where Spider-Man just continues to exist in the MCU, because honestly, sony and marvel's relationship like that could fall apart at a moment's notice and i don't know if disney can throw enough money at it to to make it to make it just to keep it going i I don't know what i'm trying to get at here but i kind of worried like after far from home it's like i don't want this i don't want spider-man to leave he can't leave the mcu he's his story is not done well tom holland had a six film contract it was three marvel movies which he's now completed with civil war and both Mm -hmm. the infinity wars and three spider-man movies of which he's now done two so there's one spider-man movie left on the contract uh before they will sort of revisit and and decide what's next what i do find very interesting is when spider-man was brought in in civil war like like bear in mind here ryan i'm a huge spider-man fan he is like my number one fictional character Mm -hmm. uh like there's there's no question like i i was very excited uh when he was brought into the mcu but in the comic books like Spider-Man has been like since the 60s kind of the cornerstone of Marvel to the point that uh, comic books for a long time in the 70s and 80s had like Marvel comic books they had in, in the corner of every comic book they had like a little Spider-Man face pretty much and it said Marvel like he was their logo he mm-hmm. was their Mickey Mouse he was their whole whole kit and caboodle and meanwhile, the Marvel Cinematic Universe was built on the back of what are essentially B and C level characters. Some of them that are very powerful or that had fairly large presences, but neither Iron Man or Captain America's brand were as big as the Avengers brand was in the comic books. And none of them were as big as Spider-Man. And the X-Men in the 90s had a big mm-hmm. had a big moment as well, right? So, so the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe was built on the back of these characters, and Spider-Man was late to the party. Um, and, uh, and so I was like, oh man, it, it kind of sucks that he's like this new kid in a sense, and that he's like, you know, all these other characters are now bigger, more famous, and he feels like kind of a bit player. And then as time has gone on, and as, as they've weaved the ending of the stories of all these characters that we've, we've grown to love and such, Spider-Man has kind of taken a little bit more of center stage. I would argue he is more important to the MCU now than he mm. has ever been before uh, with the contract wearing th- wearing out. Because like now you've got, like, pr- what's the next level? Like, it's Spider-Man, Black Panther, and Doctor Strange. Like, they're the next, yeah. I guess, um, t- to replace the Captain America, Iron Man's, and Thor's. I like, mean, they're Ant-Man the next lineup. Maybe, but, like, Ant-Man seems... Feels like he'll it. always be a bit player, man. There's no yeah. way you're like ba- basing the whole thing around. <laughs> no, Ant-Man. no offense. They did did well. Endgame was really revolving around Ant Man and his ability to understand. I don't know, interact with. I guess quantum physics. But like, the thing is, I I agree with you. Spider Man has definitely become very very important to the MCU, and I guess maybe I'm worrying too much. I don't think Disney is gonna let Sony take their ball and go home because sony still owns the rights like they retain the rights to spider-man through this you know mutual relationship it wasn't like you know disney comes in and says like no we have spider-man now um because well you know what could happen is because disney and sony are are benefiting so well from this relationship you could probably see sony and marvel maybe working even closer with some of the other sony uh films 
You know, the fact that Sony has launched... I could always see Into the Spider-Verse existing in its own universe, kind of uh, off the side, um, and sometimes dipping its toe in, you never know. But, uh, you know, Venom, maybe they bring Venom in to the MCU... Uh, you know that That's there's like they've got they've got a Morbius movie being made. They got mm-hmm. Venom two being made. You know for sure that that they're going to be pushing to get Tom Holland Spider Man in there with them. And if anything, I think the success of the live actions uh, of the animated Spider Verse movie is you know that they're going to set up a live action Spider Verse movie at one point. I and and um, and and play to the. Uh, you know the the Toby Maguire's and the Andrew Garfields and all that sort of stuff. Oh, wow. So I, yeah, that's what I, I that's what I I feel anyway. I and I think Sony can do that without Marvel. Like they can be like, okay, well we're gonna dig into our we're gonna create a new Spider Verse type storyline and it's gonna revolve around our properties. Like I don't know what their ownership is with regards to the Tom uh, Tom Holland Spider Man character. Like mm-hmm. uh, like. Like I don't, I don't know how it's divided, or, or if I'm either sure. film companies have a right to use him after the agreement expires. But anyway, oh, definitely not. Like if if the if the deal were to expire, the rights are retained by Sony. Um, that being said, yeah, maybe once the contract's over, Spider Man's available to just appear in these uh, these Sony Spider Man universe movies. But I mean, I don't know. If I were Disney, I'd be looking at these numbers and I'd be looking at the fact that Spider-Man is literally the most popular Marvel comic character uh, around. They'd be looking at ways to to throw a little bit more money and a little more cuz right now like when it comes to Spider-Man Far From Home, Disney doesn't see a cent from box office. Uh, they see all their money comes from merchandising, right? Well, speaking of most popular things around, mm-hmm. uh, I I'm going to pivot pivot uh, from pivot right into stranger things three which is the uh the show that jess and i have just completed watching i won't say Ooh. binging because we watched you know an episode a night or an episode every two nights and stuff we managed to you know have it go like there's eight episodes we managed to to go through it in a week have you and ashley perhaps gone into stranger things well that? here's the thing stranger things one Ashley and I watched it, and I think we binged it. Sometimes there's some shows where we just get really into, and we'll watch quite a bit of it. Like, And t- t- for us, quite a bit is watching like two and a half episodes a night, and then going to bed at 11, and then in the morning wondering why we do this to ourselves. Um, so then when season two came out, I think it was literally a year after the first season, and we were kind of like, ah, there's other stuff going on. We know we'll binge it. We'll watch it later. And then season three came out. I'm like, you know what? We really should watch Stranger Things too. Did we like it? I don't know if we liked it. Well, let's try and watch it. And we watched it and we're like, oh yeah, we did love this. And again, we're watching two and a half episodes a night because they all end on cliffhangers. Going to bed at 1130, waking up at 10 to 6, wondering what we're doing with ourselves. Uh, So yeah, we're in the middle of, I think, season two now. Is season three good? As good as season two? Yeah, I would say like... um... I think the the general consensus is either season one best, season three second best, season two worst, oh. although still good, still good. See, I'm um, really liking season two, honestly. Season, look, here's the deal: they're all good and almost better than they have any right to be. Like yeah. the first one, the first season seemed like alchemy like it seemed like a magic nostalgic magic that they had packaged up, mm-hmm. and that it didn't feel. Like even though it ended with a cliffhanger, the 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 uh, that set the stage for a future season, it didn't feel like there. Like you could have also left it there and 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 left you wondering. And and um, season two, then you know it ups the stakes, it changes things around, but it it definitely uh, it expands the world a bit. But um, it is more of the same. It does take a it does take a few risks, interesting risks. Um, there there'll be an episode late in the season, and you'll know it where you see it, mm-hmm. uh, revolving around the character of Eleven, um, in which uh, it will feel like it will feel tonally different from pretty much everything that you've seen. This is season uh, two or three. Yes, yeah, season two. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and that episode uh, was very divis- divisive amongst the fan base and, and amongst viewers because it's very different than everything else. It still remains very different up to um, to, to 
where I am. They never went back to sort of that that well. So I think that when people talk about season two, it's tough not to talk about that particular um, episode. Uh, it, but uh, but aside aside from that, uh, I think it's well regarded. Season three. Um, Season three is really, really good. It it goes down. This is the thing. It's kind of so funny to talk about a movie that is a movie. It feels totally like a movie. Like mm -hmm. it, it's season three more than the other two, which all feel very cinematic. It feels like a movie, but it's hard, hard to talk about a show like this that is made, uh, that is a mixture of so many types of of comedy of drama of there's sad bits there's exciting bits but really hinges on a somewhat of a horror element like a mm -hmm. um, but to say that it goes down smooth like ice cream is is a weird thing to say for a show that is like got that horror intense tenseness baked into it but that's what like stranger things um season three we've been trying to watch game of thrones i get into game of thrones and are like four episodes in and every episode was a bit of a slog for us like it doesn't like it's not super approachable um you have to put in a lot of sort of a lot of work whereas stranger things just goes down so smooth like you said it's like cliffhangers likable characters um crazy situations you're laughing in one episode you're scared in the next moment you're like there's there's a lot of that i just think it's a really great tv like it's it's really fun everybody seems to like it hmm. and i know that there's critics of it there's like people are like oh they're doing it too much or oh it's uh it's not high arts or whatever um but but i i would just say it's like it is it is really well crafted to be enjoyable by so many people and i really commend it and season three is is the biggest budgeted stranger things there is so far mm -hmm. it it does some crazy it has some crazy big set pieces uh it takes place a large part of it takes place in a shopping mall which they have obviously put a lot of effort into making 80s like it must be hard to go back and go to every store and be like what was on the rack or you know like what was the what attention was to details probably is pretty spot on because i haven't heard any complaints in that on that front if anything no, i'm leaning into it from a marketing standpoint you know and, and getting brands on board I heard there was this, uh, there was like they wanted to, there's, I guess, these pudding cups that were, they, they used to be in these like metal sort of containers and yeah, they right. couldn't get them, couldn't get them anymore. So they got like, they emptied out cat food cans and cleaned them and, and tried to, like, they, they go to, they go to big lengths to, to be oh. true to the, the 80s. And like at one point in season three, they're walking down a grocery aisle of a grocery store and the camera's just like, you know, wide lens taking it all in. And I know it's like, I know they've been making movies in the old West or in the 1950s. They've set them all over the place. And maybe it's because I was alive in the eighties that I appreciated so much, mm -hmm. but just seeing like all these cereal boxes and all this on the aisles. And it's all like the, the eighties, you know, versions of cereals, either we know and love or other things and other products, new Coke, whatever. Um, it's just cool. It's cool. It's impressive. And it just adds to that element. Even in present day, like if you took away the nostalgia element, mm -hmm. the characters would still be fun, but adding it just makes it for someone of my vintage makes it, makes it even more fun. Yeah, no, I, I need to catch up because honestly I, I had forgot how good this show was. And, um, yeah, I'm glad it's really good. And you finished it, so you liked it then? You liked the entirety of season three? It's it's really, really good. It does end with, like, there is a little behind. Uh, and uh, so there's clearly going to be more Stranger Things, which which I'm like, I always am sort of mixed on. Like, they, they, they've nailed it every time. But this is the one where sort of like I was like, yeah, these kids would need a lot of therapy at this point. You know, like, uh, I'm I'm sort of a little uh, I know that the series was originally conceived as and it would be a different story kind of every season and, and they didn't go with that they continued the same characters and the same, same stories mm -hmm. and I'm not sad about that don't get me wrong I enjoy it but um, but yeah it's 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 different 
uh, and uh, I think they, they're almost near the end. The one thing I'll say about season three, and uh, this is not ruining anything, is that there is a, another 80s trope uh, other than like the homage that they've been doing since the beginning, which is like they've been homaging like Spielberg stuff, Goonies, all of that. All, uh, like, you know, all of that stuff, it's been of a certain flavor. Well, in first season three, there is a a big su subplot involving like Dustin and Steve Harrington's characters that are, um, that that is another 80s trope like that is another kind of 80s it's still got suspense it's still got stuff but it's not as much the same as is what what everything else is in season three as was in the first two seasons and I still enjoyed it but I could see some people being like oh this is kind of dumb mm -hmm. and uh, it's not like you know like I don't want to to, to say anything more than that but like but definitely there there is another whole 80s trope that comes into play um in season three and uh and you're either gonna love that or it's gonna <laughs> drive you nuts so i could understand somebody that would shit on season three for that reason but that's not me it sounds like they just hate fun so yeah yeah for sure they're they're fun haters <laughs> they probably don't listen to this show because they hate the fun that no. it gives them yeah, they would hate fun. Why would they even like? I think yeah. they wouldn't even they wouldn't even listen to the first episode because they look at this show and they'd be like, "Wow, this is too much fun for me to handle." Or they would start listening to it and be like, "Oh my god, this! I'm what is this feeling? I'm I'm feeling like I'm having fun." My I'm heart's like, oh god, three sizes. They, yeah, they would throw their headphones down. No, you know, <laughs> it's too late. I had fun. Oh, god. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's it for me on the dungeon side. I just just segging right into the diapers mm -hmm. because we've gone over the theft that I've experienced, but <laughs> actually, even worse than that has been uh, Clara has got, uh, and I'm going to mispronounce this. I know uh, Rosiola, Rosella, Rosiola. Anyway, Rosiola. It's, it's like a yeah. Is that how you say it? Do you I know what it is? I don't know what it is. I, I was gonna. I didn't read through this. I was gonna ask if it was a cartoon character, but then I remembered that your daughter was sick, so I apologize. Yeah. No, it's good. You should. Um, but uh, but it was uh, it, essentially she had a fever, like mm -hmm. a big time fever, for like five days, and then um, at the end of it, it turned into a rash. Like she had a rash that that appeared, and uh, you know we were getting worried. But our good friend Google um, helped us. <laughs> I helped us identify, and the doctor okay. um, helped us helped us identify, uh, calm nerves, and identify uh, what the issue was, which is, I guess, a fairly common infant um, infant illness. Mm -hmm. This roseola, rosella, or whatever the hell it's called, and uh, that I'm lucky that Gwen didn't get it. And uh, but it, it's just like when your kid gets a fever, or whatever you expect it to be gone after a day or maybe two. But for it to go as long as it did, it was really becoming very worrisome. And Clara is such a happy kid to see her so miserable. It was very, you know, like it was sad. It was stressful. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, Gwen does not understand, even though she's like four or whatever. Like she doesn't really get that. She doesn't. She, she has to like be patient, have less, get less attention because we, we've got to give Clara more. Clara was not the cuddliest, but wanted a ton of cuddles, which sounds good, but gets old after like five days um, and stuff. So, it, and, and to add like stress to this, um, I have like, it's summer vacation at work. And so I'm, uh, mine's in August, but I'm, I'm, my boss is, is, is now, and I'm acting in her stead. And that's, government lingo for meaning that i'm doing the job and the job the job is yeah it's like i'm pretending uh the job is <laughs> is a director job which is like there's there's a lot of people under me and a fair amount of responsibility in spielberg so, so yeah like yeah it's sort of like that i'm just helping the people at home i, I just <laughs> uh so so anyway uh so i just feel bad because like so it's my first week doing this job right and uh of three weeks that i was going to be doing it Oof. um and uh and then and i i had to call in two of those days to take care of clara and i like i wanted to but and my wife like she called in three of the days right like she she and uh, it's unfortunate that we're able to, uh, mm -hmm. but like you know, Clara was really sick, and you want to. And I'm playing this like as a as a uh, 
as a sort of poor choice of comparators, I'm playing this Assassin's Creed Odyssey right now. And at one point, like I'm doing this Minotaur quest and this character uh, is saying like, is asking me sort of what's important for, more important for me, fa my family, which my character is looking for her family or glory. Uh, and it's like family or glory. And I feel that that's a choice that a lot of people make in their day to days. Mm -hmm. And they don't even, they don't even really know it. Like when you put your work above your family in any capacity, like you're making a choice there. And, and, uh, and for me, I, I just, you know, like at one point I said to myself, yeah, like it's cool and stuff like getting this out of responsibility and, and, and um, the, even at a, on a temporary level and people counting on me at work and stuff. But in the end, what's more important to me, my family is more, more important to me. So I just, you know, I took those days off and was like, whatever, the world's not going to fall apart. Surprise, mm. surprise. It didn't. Um, and, uh, but yeah, add that to the stolen bikes and stuff and the stolen scooter and Crofton has not had a great time of it. I hope you have had a better time, Ryan. Uh, yeah, it's been a pretty good couple weeks uh with the family kiss my ass ryan <laughs> no i'm just kidding, <laughs> I'm no, just that's, kidding. that's a perfectly reasonable response uh we so i think last was it last friday or was it the friday before uh, the, if there's one negative all the days are blending together it's now mid-july how did that happen it'll be i'm scheduling stuff at work for august now just because of the way things have have shaked out but like um i took a day off I think it was last Friday. Oh man, it doesn't matter. It was a Friday to go visit my uh, new niece on my side of the family. My brother had had a, a, a little girl uh, with his lovely wife, uh, and they named her Olives. We got to meet Olive for the first time, and I forgot how small babies can it's be. It's crazy. Everybody forgets I it. Forget eh? Everybody. It. Like a year goes by, like mm -hmm. I have a, a 15 month old, but if you came in tomorrow with a newborn baby, I'd be like, holy shit, yeah. how did I do that? It was one of those things where I think, um, so I, I have two kids now and for me, the first year of Abby's life and the first year of Caden's life, that's how big babies were. They did not get smaller than at whatever size they were at. But then after a year, you start to realize like, no, wait, this is a, this is a growing baby there are obviously babies smaller, but not that small. So I, I, you know, I was holding Olive and she's very quiet and she's very calm. And obviously she's a newborn. So she literally is either sleeping, eating or, or pooping. Um, and in this instance, it was really nice. And we got some great photos. Uh, Caden and Abigail were very happy. This is their second cousin. Um, not sorry. It's their second cousin, not their Anyways, you know what I mean. Uh, cousin number two. Anyways, uh, so Abigail was Abigail's very uh, affectionate with you know babies, so she likes to kiss and she likes to hug. Caden's more Caden's more like me. It's like oh my gosh, this thing's really small. What if I break it? Okay, I'll just stand here really quietly and try not to move suddenly so no one freaks out. All right, I'm and then ask now. Daddy if I can play Mario Maker. <laughs> yeah, so in that instance, we—it uh, was funny enough—we were sitting at the table and and um, at my brother's, and Abby was napping or trying to nap, and I saw that my brother had one of those NES classics. So I was thinking, like, oh, we should hook it up and we should play it because Caden hadn't, outside of Mario Maker, hasn't really experienced those games. So we played a little bit of um, uh, Super Mario Brothers, and it got me to thinking, like, they gave Caden the controller. We had talked about the Sun Gamers in a bit, and that the Pro Controller and the Joy-Cons just don't feel right for Caden. Like, his hands are too small for the Pro Controller. The offset buttons on the Joy-Cons are just confusing him. But the what NES... The what are the offset buttons? Sorry? So the Joy-Con has, like, either the the control stick inset into the controller so you kind of have to hold it in a weird way where your where your hands a little bit offset and okay. it, depending on which one you use like on one side it's offset on the other side it's in the right spot but then the buttons are offset right or you're using the fake d-pad for the buttons right. right yes 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 okay so i was um jocelyn had suggested like they have these like fake nes wireless controllers and i was thinking of picking one of those up and I think I have to now because we played with the NES controller and Caden was actually playing Super Mario. And this is the first time he's actually used a controller and and 
seen his actions on screen, like jumping over enemies, taking enemies out, and just super stoked about what he's. Oh, seen so he on was screen. playing it on the he was playing it on the NES Classic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, back home we were playing Super Mario Maker Two. We made his we made his level that he designed on his on his sticker paper, and he had a great time. And that level's getting uh, some great some great feedback and some great views and stuff. But um, I kind of set him up in in Mario Maker as well, playing some levels. I think what I need to do though is I need to kind of design maybe like some training, some Mario training levels. So like. Uh-huh. You know, getting doing one one, but like putting bumpers in the pits so he doesn't die, and maybe like giving him a power up so that if he does hit a Goomba, like he he doesn't die right away at the very start of the level, because he's still getting used to like jumping on enemies' heads and running and stuff. Um, but yeah, he so I, we're having a great time. I got this like um, yeah, it's like a SNES uh, gamepad. It's by eat bit dough or whatever yeah um and i use it for the switch um although honestly i could probably get a bigger controller it it is like even though it's snes accurate it's small it's small in my hand Mm -hmm. it would be bigger probably than an nes controller but i definitely have found that it, it it's good quality it's totally worthwhile it's bluetooth based and you can use it with a lot of things so it may be worth worth it for him mm-hmm. i find for gwen like the only game gwen has really played uh and i highly recommend it for you and kate in a snipper clips right. um the snipper clips there's no death there's no timer there's no anything so like um it just allows her to like cause she needs to spend a lot of time looking at her hands and trying to figure out how to move her character um and yeah at mario even one one like that's that's um it's, it's a tall it's a tall ask like you're talking about like you know probably six year a six-year-old would be would be in in decent shape to get yeah. started so he's still pretty young he's still pretty young but he loves mario and and i think the control you have is specifically the one that that was being suggested like a bluetooth nes or super nes controller and i think they're like 50 bucks on amazon so not too bad um but yeah like Katie's yeah it was excited. 50 bucks yeah yeah the um the uh, thing about like the NES controller and like having gone back to it, not very recently, but having put it in my head is is like the the progress between the SNES and the, the NES controller is just so crazy. Mm-hmm. They er- ergonomically like a rectangular controller is just like you know not comfortable at all. Yeah, right? thinking more about it, it's probably like maybe maybe not. Well, the funny thing is, I have a Super NES classic and an nes classic i could literally put both of them in his hands and start playing yeah, and yeah, seeing whether which which he likes more but i think you're right like from an ergonomics and also like an expandability standpoint like a super nes controller is probably better for him just as an aside and not to uh not to to take over this in terms of the talking about these consoles um i'm not sure about you but like i i've been uh, killing time a little bit lately with the um Amazon had this free NES online membership or the online membership for Switch. Yeah. It's like a year. A Twitch has it. Like you can you get a, a year of the online service for free. So I, with the online service comes access to their sort of the or, you know a fair amount of NES. Yeah, their NES classics, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I never had the NES um, Classic itself. Like I, I and I never owned an NES. Um, so because of that. I don't have a tremendous amount of nostalgia for that uh, that system or, or time period, um, and therefore the kind of the games have to live and die on their own on their own merits. Mm-hmm. And I've been playing uh, some of these NES games, and honestly, like I, I feel pretty comfortable saying a lot of them just do not hold up. No, like it, and it's difficult, like because there's the novelty, like. But if you told me, I remember the NES Classic sold like hotcakes, but I never had an interest really in buying it. I, I only bought the SNES Classic, which I had a ton of interest in getting, mm-hmm. and I still truly feel like like the SNES, the games like Gwen and I played all of A Link to the Past. I could not possibly imagine playing the first original Zelda with her. Like, like it just feels like. It's just too old, you know? I, th- I think the NES Classic was popular in that it was the first time a company has made one of these arcade boxes that was actually good. And 
Also, I agree with you. Uh, a lot of the games on the NES do not hold up. I would even argue that the only ones that hold up are the Mario ones. Mario 1, 2, and 3 are really good. And Mario 1 even, you could say, was just a stroke of genius in the sense that it was an early NES game. And it feels like an early NES game, but it still works quite well. Yeah, it's true. I agree 100% with you. Like Mario 3, Mario Brothers 3 and Mario Brothers 1 in particular are the two that I have the most nostalgia mm-hmm. for, but also I think like I think Mario Brothers 3 holds up extremely oh, well yeah. um as an as an NES game. Uh, it doesn't but, even but, feel like an NES game. Super Mario 3 kinda, is like yeah. this thing out of place in this console. Like how did they make this machine do this, you know? There's no yeah, other no. game like it. It's true. I I agree. Sorry, I I, I sabotaged your. No, no, no. I, I'm I'm pretty good. Like I think that um like Caden and I are really enjoying Super Mario Maker two. Um, funny enough, I think if I grab it, I'm just gonna make a bunch of noise. So I will show it next time we do a show. But I found um, Ubisoft did like a toys to life game called Starlink, failed horribly. I basically picked up like the $80 version for 20 bucks and just from the standpoint of like, hey, Caden, let's play a space game. So it's got this like, and it's Star Fox, so it's for the Switch. Um, We haven't booted it up yet. I've been promising Caden we'd play and we play. He keeps asking me, when are we going to play the space game? You know, Abigail and Caden and I, we built the ship while we we put it together. And uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting. I think that's going to be our next game just to kind of see how it plays out. Um, He's looking forward to it. In terms of next games, I asked, like, because we're off, I'm off a, a lot of time in August, and, mm-hmm. and even Jesse recommended, hey, you should get a game to play with Gwen. So I said to Gwen, I was like, hey, Gwen, like, here are the options. We can either do a new Zelda game, a new Mario game, that Yoshi game that we played the demo of, I could buy, you know, the whole thing, or the new Mario game, incidentally, would have been Mario Maker, you know, the Yoshi the Yoshi game. would. Uh, the new Zelda game, though, was, uh, was going to be one from... I own all the Zelda games. It's just like she hadn't played all all of them. And uh, the last option was like a new entire game, like something that she hadn't experienced before, right? Mm-hmm. Like Snipper. I, I gave the example of Snipper Clips. And she said, she said she wanted a new Zelda game. And I was like, okay. Uh, um, and so I w- I said, all right, let's let's just do Breath of the Wild. <laughs> was essentially what 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 I said because like couple of reasons like we've done wind waker we've done link to the past uh we tried ocarina of time and then that that was a that was a, a fail like we got only so far into it and it was frustrating for me to play i don't think she was tremendously into it and and then then i was like okay so like i mean i could do twilight princess or or um Skyward Sword, both of which would involve me setting up the Wii and trying to get motion controls going. And I, I did mm-hmm. seriously get, give those considerations. But then I was like, you know what? I would enjoy playing Breath of the Wild. It it has a car, a lush, cartoony look that I think that she could get behind. So I'll just go with that. So so we we tried it. And uh, so far, like, we're obviously still at the very beginning on that plateau and, like, yeah. uh, going around and doing shrines. I think she has interest uh, and maybe she will she will jump into it, but I also have a feeling it may be too much too soon. So we will we will see. I will update next time on how our Breath of the Wild explorations are going. Yeah, I'm excited to hear how that goes because to me, the early parts of that game are are pretty dense in comparison to the rest of the game. Once you get off the Great Plateau, it sort of slows down. Um, I know with Caden, like his attention to to games where are, are very different from ours in that like yeah we're cool riding from point a to point b on our horse when there's not a lot going on and it's just the sheer beauty of of riding through the landscape but to him he's like well this is boring Before, just a minute ago we were slashing dudes with their sword and now we're we're, we're riding this horse for 20 minutes so i i'm interested to see how that goes i think there's enough there and and the game and you could swivel the camera enough to find things happening to keep things keep her occupied but yeah it's a it's a big game too and she is a bit she's a bit older and she's been through other zeldas before mm-hmm. my 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 thing as well is that like um i find that there's ways to to educate and stuff like this already we're we're um 
the numbers she's been into numbers lately and uh, the gear it's the first game she's ever played with sort of gear and an inventory so for instance you start with the tree branch and it has like a number one in power and then you get an axe it has a number two in power right uh, next to it like it's a very simple numbering scheme so like when i pick up an item like a new weapon or new something i ask gwen or a new piece of armor we look at them in the inventory and I say, which one should I use? I need the one with the bigger number, right? Mm -hmm. And and so there's there's an educational element there. And the other thing is it feels like every Zelda game that we've played so far has some piece of like magic potion for kids in it. Like, so Wind Waker is, it's clearly um, treasure treasures like mm -hmm. pulling up treasures from the ocean floor and opening chests and finding all sorts of stuff like oh i'm putting down my crane and pulling up a treasure that is catnip for children right well breath of the wild has cooking okay oh, and yes. gwen is like soon as like we found a few items and we just introduced the cooking mechanic and she is like it it's hard to get her to want to do anything else she's like mix this would mix that and mix this and then like and to her and to fairness like in fairness she's not asking me to make gross shit she's like she knows she's like i got honey from that and you got an apple put the honey on the apple that's going to be delicious you know and i'm like oh, <laughs> all great. right whatever and and honestly she's pulling out recipes that that are like good and i'm like oh wow this is this is awesome but it's really hard to get her to as soon as we found the cooking it was like forget it like let's just cook and i would go and i'd be like okay let's go to the next shrine and we're heading there and we'd be we'd come up you know like there's fire all over the place. We get to the next fire. She's like, hey, maybe we should do more cooking. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I should have just bought Cooking Mama. Wouldn't you know? <laughs> be good. Man, Cooking Mama was great. I mean, it's great that she's latched on to something uh, in that game because uh, cooking was really cool. And the, and the animations and the sounds, oh, man. I never did like the, that DLC. I got to go do that. It's funny um, because I thought I had played a lot of Breath of the Wild, like, and uh, and I have. But I guess enough time has gone by because I played it at launch, and because I started over, we started over, and um, and it was all a fun experience because you can only have one save game in Breath of the Wild. Like at least oh, I'm yeah. playing on Wii U, remember? Oh, right. uh, I, yes. So you can only have one save game, and so I you have to create a whole new profile. So I created a, a, a Gwen me sort of thing, and uh, she really got a huge kick out of that, obviously. And then then when you start the profile, um, you know. A, Gwen Gwen was immediately like like uh, caught by all the sort of less graphics and all that you wake up and it's a bit scary at first and she was she was really into that but like I had forgotten so much I had forgotten really the base controls a lot of the ruins I'm like oh yeah I get magnet powers I totally forgot about that like there's just a bunch of stuff in the way to play it that like because part of me was like I should have just jumped back into my game but then as I'm playing through the tutorials and stuff I'm like man there's a lot to this game that mm -hmm. I completely forgotten so um yeah it's good I'm, well, I'm glad you. I want to hear. I definitely want to hear more when you've had a chance to play uh, play more with her because I, that game opens up after the Great Plateau. It'll be really interesting to see what she thinks. Like climbing isn't really a thing. I think in the in the Great like to the scale that you're going to experience later on in the game. I think she'd probably dig that, and uh, you know, weather mechanics stuff like that. Well, well, Ryan. Speaking of the scale, before this sh show goes to an epic scale okay. i'm just going to uh to seg us into the conclusion um i would also note to those uh, that enjoy our rapport and enjoy our chatting of video games ryan has a show that he does uh called the gamers in it mm -hmm. is uh, a a weekly show in which he discusses uh, the latest and greatest in video gaming and this week I will be guest guesting on his show. We will be talking about games. Think about it as a second episode of Dad for the week. Although uh, though maybe less kid talk, maybe more games talk. Mm -hmm. um, but we would invite you to check that out this Thursday. Um, and uh, with that, I'll ask you all to visit us on the web at tgistudios.com/dad to find all our archive of past episodes. That's if you enjoy fun, obviously. Uh, you can email the show, dad at TGI Studios. Do you have topics you want us to talk about? 
sorry, dad at tgistudios.com. If you have topics you want us to talk about, comments about stuff that we've already said, your experiences raising kids, we want to hear them. Uh, send us an email. You can also follow us both on Twitter. You can find Ryan at R. Murphy. You can find myself at Croft and Steers. And uh, that'll be doing it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Ryan, do you have any closing remarks? Or are we good to fade out into the ether? Find your bike and scooter. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm so bad. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. End the show, Ryan. Oh, wait, that's my other show. Uh, listen, you should listen to Good, Bad, or Bullshit, too. That's my other show. That's true. At Good, Bad, Bull. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, Have everyone. a great week. Oh, okay. Can you just, like, do a little bit of tick, tick, ticks? <laughs> Tick, tick. <laughs>